This is Mom Squad Pod, your weekly update on tips, tricks, and all things parenting with Maureen Kyle. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us here on the Mom Squad Pod, where we talk everything parenting. And today, I'm joined by Super Dad. Dad coach extraordinaire, <laughs> Dave Chodowski, who usually joins me on WKYC uh, Go, three, mm-hmm. three News Go in the morning. So we are talking Olympics because we have kicked off the Winter Olympics in Beijing, which is just, it's so exciting. And I know you've covered so many Olympic games. Yeah. What do you think is the most exciting? Now that we've seen the opening ceremonies, we're starting to see some of the games starting. What are you most excited for? I think just the overall experience of it mm-hmm. and the fact that, you know, most sporting events, you know, you have one game, you know, three hours, nine innings, you know, just the fact that it, it's so long and there's so many stories. Yeah. And you're not just looking at, you're looking at the countries competing for the most gold medals, but it's really individuals right. as well. So it's, it's gold, silver medals. So each event has its own, you know, identity, but yeah, it incorporates in a whole scheme of things. And, just the backstories. We talk yeah. about this all the time on Go. The backstories are amazing when you learn where these athletes are from, how they've gotten there. Yeah. And that, that really, that, that's the exciting. Now, as far as just individual sports, you know, there's some I like more than others, that's for yeah. sure. But, uh, you know, and, and the announcers too. I like to hear what they have to say yeah. and how they react to them because, you know, that's what we do, right? So right. I like to study them as well. I know. So for all of these reasons is why I brought Dave in today because one of the things I think of most when I watch the Olympics, I always used to love seeing the families in the stands. I mean, you think of not only these athletes and how far they've come, but then now as a parent and now as you're coaching your daughters and things and I've stepped in as coach and I'm not very good at, at coaching basketball. I've had to step it up the past couple of weeks. But I think of like how much time and effort and sacrifice that so many parents and families have put in for their children than mm-hmm. to see them on the biggest stage. I mean, I can't even imagine right now my kids are not Olympic caliber. They're young. They are very young. They're very sweet. They're working towards it. But you know, I, I look at them and I'm like, should I be investing all this time? Should I be paying, you know, X amount? I mean, some of these sports get so expensive. Do you invest the time and the money? Do you think about that when you're oh. coaching and then watching some of these Olympic athletes? Absolutely. <laughs> we, we talk about all the time in our house. Lindsay and I will joke with Brooklyn or, or London and be, you know, say something along the lines of, listen, you're, you're not going to go to the Olympics doing yeah. this. You're not going <laughs> to. And, and listen, we're not selling them short because literally they're not going to. I mean, right. it's, it, you know, Perhaps you know when you have a, a son or daughter that possibly could get to the Olympics. Then that's when you turn it right. up, right? So, you know, you could try to prioritize that. But th- there's no doubt that we, we've talked about that, even not just Olympics, but, hey, are you going to make money professionally one day doing this? Right. So you, one thing you said to me, it is amazing. I have covered the Olympics for a long time. Mm-hmm. used to do the Olympic Zone on Channel 3 for years and years, and I did a lot of these stories. And I'm going to bring one up to you. I just uh, brought her up on my phone here. Madison Hubble, yeah. ice dancer. Her parents live in Sylvania, Ohio, just outside of Toledo, from, Michi- or from Michigan. Uh-huh. Went and did a story on her back in 2018. Interviewed her mom. Her mom actually designs and makes all of her costumes oh, wow. while she's on the ice. Fantastic family. Just listening to them, I'm only going to use one example. I've heard this multiple times. They never see her. Yeah. Like she 
is training six days a week. We're talking six days a week, mm -hmm. more than eight hours a day. You get one day off a week. Mentally, you never really get away from it. Let's say you want to come home on Christmas time. You might drive home on Christmas Eve, spend the day on Christmas, yeah. and then you're gone the next day. Yeah. There are no weekends. Your life is completely dedicated to this sport. When right. it comes to things like ice skating and swimming, now, mm -hmm. curling, that's a little different. Not to say curling's easy. I've done it. It's not. Yeah. But you can actually have a job and, and be a curler. Right. These people dedicate their lives to this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you, you talk about especially the ice time that people invest in. I hear that a lot with figure skaters and also um, gymnasts. Gymnasts Just the way is they, big. They Those get are, pulled yep. out of school, and, then, and that's their their training and, and their whole day is ice time and sort of a tutor or their whole day is gym time and a, and a tutor. I, the funny thing though is um, I wanted to make sure I was getting his name right. So my dad will always talk about, cause this sticks in my mind too. So, um, you know, my dad's coaching football and track and field at least for the next year. Um, but he's seen so many athletes come through and one he talked about was Tim Mack who um, was an Olympic gold medalist pole vaulter. Mm -hmm. So some, like the story that my dad was telling me about him was, I mean, my dad always tried to get everybody into pole vault because there just aren't that many pole vaulters. At least when I was in high school, he was like, hey, you want to try pole vault? I'm like, no, I don't want to <laughs> No, I don't want to pull the, I'm no, slow. I want to be the quarterback. No, I right. I, I, <laughs> I want to lead the Wildcats to a state title. <laughs> I was like, I don't, Dad, I don't know if that's my thing. Um, but anyway, Tim Mack was one of his pole vaulters that he said was really good in high school, but was at Ignatius, normal student, track and field for my dad. Yeah, he did well in pole vault, but then really, um, really blossomed more like college from what my dad said, and then became pro That's a good and, point. and and went into the Olympics. So here you have a kid who was not pulled out of school and, and training all day and and doing all that. And, I, and then they still made it to the Olympics. So as I was thinking about, um, you know, the Olympics coming up and what these families are going through and the stories we're going to hear, I was thinking about Katie Najat, mm -hmm. who, I mean, maybe you listening might remember, she won gold for pole vault this past summer in the Olympics. And we watched her because she's from Olmstead Falls area. Mm -hmm. And we, on the show, um, on our morning show, she was competing, like, as our show was live. And we're, was we're all on pins and needles, like, oh, my gosh, is she going to make it? And didn't she have, like, the first jump mm -hmm. was bad. Yeah. Not, that, no offense to Katie or anything, but it was just like, it, it was like, oh shoot, she didn't get what she needed to do to make the gold. So then it, we were just watching so closely and then she just managed to pull off the jump of a lifetime mm -hmm. and, and get that gold medal. So as I was thinking about, you know, parenting, you know, we're in the middle of winter sports, fall into winter sports, looking at spring sports, like, what are we going to put our kids in? And I'm thinking, gosh, I don't know, my kids, they're, they're young. I mean, my oldest is eight. She's picking daisies out in the baseball field. She like soccer was not her thing, but you see these yeah. when these they're kids. when they're drawing in the dirt and softball. Yes. That's when you know the Olympics probably aren't happening. <laughs> Which was me in middle school. Um, but you know my my kids are doing that. But then you know like so are they going to blossom later? Do I give them time? Anyway, I really wanted to pick the brain of Diane Najat, Katie's mom, to talk about like okay, so when when did you know Katie? 
was going to be a, a super athlete. And what was that like thinking it to these games that we're watching right now? I can't imagine being a parent and I'm, I'm going to pull up her interview here in a second, but being a parent and during these COVID times, Diane couldn't go over and watch her child after all of this time. She could not go and watch Katie compete. So she was at that watch party that we watched. So that's what a lot of families are going through now. So we had a good conversation. I want to play that for you now. Can you tell me about what it was like to watch Katie in the Olympics? Oh my gosh. It was, it was just so thrilling. You know, this is something that she's really been training for since seventh grade and, you know, always hoping and hoping that it would happen. And just to be there was like surreal that is this really happening? <laughs> so it was very exciting. You said she's been training since seventh grade. So what was she doing? Like, was she in, in uh, middle school track and field? How did she train? Like, how did you know, you know, she, this was her sport and this is what she wanted to do. But she, ever since she was very young, she was really athletically gifted and, you know, little, when she was young, she did, you know, the, the peewee soccer leagues and she did gymnastics and uh, t-ball and softball and it just, and any sport that was available, she tried and, and she was pretty good at just about everything. But in seventh grade is when at the middle school, you're able to try out for sports teams. And so come spring, she wanted to try out for the track team. Um, and of all the different events, she looked at the pole vault and said, Ooh, I want to try that. And just fell in love with it from day one. So as and a then, parent, I feel like every parent of young kids has this feeling of, gosh, I'm signing them up for all different types of sports. I mean, there's, there's the soccer, then there, you know, travel leagues and everything like that. And you, and you sit there and you wonder, are they going to be good? Am I, am I putting my time in, in the right places? Did you ever have a feeling um, like, okay, Katie's going to be amazing. I got to let her do what she's going to do. Or did you have a feeling like when she hit that, that track and field, like, okay, this is it. I mean, did you have any epiphanies going through her sports career? Um, I, I just figured whatever she fell in love with most and whatever she really wanted to dedicate herself to, she would thrive in it. Um, and it was her choice as to what she wanted to do. And even with all the sports, you know, I've, you know, people would say, oh, you're crazy. You know, you're running around every day with different things. And I'm like, but she loves it. You know, and all three of my kids were involved with sports all throughout. And um, as, as long as they loved it, I was willing to go through the hassle of getting them to practice and, and to their competitions and, and all that. It, it was worth it just because they really enjoyed it. Um, Who were the other kids? What, what sports did they gravitate towards? Um, when they were little, you know, they all, they did everything. Um, but like in high school, um, my other daughter was just on the golf team. Katie was on the golf team and the swimming diving team. Um, my son did swimming diving for a little bit. Um, and they were all involved in band and choir. And um, one daughter did um, the construction for the plays. And my son was on the academic team. Well, my son and my other daughter were both on academic academic teams. And so it was just always something, you know, but yeah. like I said, as, as long as they kept their grades up yeah. and enjoyed the extracurricular things, then I, I was willing to, to help them through all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you, when did you realize that, um, that Katie was Olympic caliber? 
Oh gosh. Um, it was a really slow dawning period, I guess. Um, you know, it wasn't any kind of big aha light bulb moment where, oh, now she's going to do this. Um, you know, cause she, she excelled in high school. She was state champ in high school. She was national champ in college. Um, and then after college, she just continued to train and became a professional. And I think when she won her first nationals, um, the indoor nationals, the first time she, she won on, on that level. And it's like, wow, she could really do this. <laughs> um, what was it like too? I mean, we were watching the watch party with you, but tell me about, uh, you know, the COVID protocols keeping you away from the Olympic games over the summer, because a lot of parents are now in, in, in your shoes this mm -hmm. time around in February. So what is it like to send your daughter off and you know this is the moment like this is what she's been training for and you are here watching mm -hmm. was there pros was there cons what was that whole process like um realistically because of the COVID restrictions even if we were able to go and sit in the stadium and watch her we probably would have had no contact with her even though we were in Japan um because the the athletes were segregated to the Olympic Village and no one else was allowed in there and they weren't allowed to go out and be tourists. So she, she didn't really get a sense of what Japan was like other than the long bus rides from the airport to the Olympic Village and then from the, the bus rides from the Olympic Village to the different venues. Um, she couldn't even go out to see other athletes compete in different sports. Um, she was only allowed in the Olympic Village and to her training facility and then to her competition site. So realistically, I probably wouldn't have seen her anyways if we were in Japan. Um, and so it, in a way, if, if I wasn't able to be there, we, we had that watch party that was just so exciting. And there were so many people there. And, you know, just the support that we felt was, was amazing. So it was, it was very fun to be in that atmosphere. Um, and when it was over, we did Skype her or Zoom called her or FaceTimed her or somehow we were able to, to bring her up on our phones. And so we were able to talk a little bit, um, you know, several hours after the competition was over. And, and that's when it really hit me. It's like, oh, I just want to be there so I can hug her. But like I said, I probably wouldn't have happened anyways. So I, I had to wait till she came back to Cleveland afterwards. And when we talked before on the phone, you told me that you, you part of you wanted to just be underneath a blanket on your couch watching by yourself. <laughs> was that a struggle to... So, you know, what do you want to do? I mean, you don't know if she's going to medal. You don't know if she's going to do well. You, right. If she does, yeah, you want to be around people. But if, if she doesn't, like, do you want to be around people or do you want to be by yourself? I mean, exactly. Tell and me about that roller coaster of emotion. I just, you know, whenever she competes, I just, I worry so much because, you know, you want her to do well and you know she can do well, but will she do well? Just because on any given day, you don't really know. Um, you know, so I just, with my nerves, I'm just like, I just kind of wanted to shut down and just block everything else out. But, um, you know, this party was planned by two of Katie's dear friends. Um, and it's like, well, I have to go. And the night before I, I really had like a panic attack going, this is the wrong thing. We shouldn't be doing this. It, it should just be just immediate family in my living room and that's it. But I am so glad that they, they got all that organized and it was such a fantastic experience. Yeah. And now that you're looking back, I mean, I'm sure everybody says kids grow up super fast and you look back and it's a blink. I mean, now looking back, 
and just realizing all the training that she's been through, everything that you've been through with her. I mean, what are your thoughts? What are your, what, what would you say to a parent who now has, um, you know, a seventh grader who's trying out for the, the track team? What kind of advice would you pass along as you're looking back? Um, I tried not to get overly involved with each sport. You know, I, I thought, you know, she has her own coaches. They're the experts, you know, depending how good they are. Um, you know, and they didn't really need me breathing down their neck saying, oh, do it this way or do it that way. So, you know, I, and I just kind of, I just think it's important to let the kids kind of dictate what direction they go. Um, you know, it has to be a passion for them or, or they're never going to succeed. You know, even if she had a lot of talent, if she didn't have the drive and the love of the sport, she never would have gotten this far. So it's, it's not anything you can force on somebody. It, it really has to come from within them. And, you know, just seeing her dedication and how much she wanted this, it was easy to, to support her and, and try to help her along with that. So again, that was Diane Najat talking about her daughter, Katie, who just um, medaled a gold Olympic medal um, in the summer games. But I thought that was, that was fascinating because that was the advice that my dad always passed along to us. And if you ask him how he treated us, it was always, you know, he let us dictate what we were passionate about and then he just helped support. It was, what do you want to do? all right, what can I do to make it happen? But I did ask her too. I said, so you never like pushed her or forced her. And she said, the only time I ever made her do something or any of the kids do something, she was saying that um, Katie was in, I, now I forget which sport it was that um, she had signed up for and mid-season, she didn't want to go anymore. And Diane said that she told Katie, you signed up for this, <laughs> you committed to the team, you're finishing out the season and after the season, if you don't want to be part of that team anymore, that's fine. Yeah. And, and she made her finish out the season. So I, I said, that's great, because then you're teaching commitment as well. But, I mean, listening to that, Dave, I mean, you have, like mm -hmm. I said, you've had, you have kids in sports. You're in the same boat. What do you think about um, just her experience as she looks back? I love that last thing she said. Mm -hmm. It's just so spot on, exactly how I feel. And what you just said is so true. So with my daughter, Brooklyn, she, we started her in soccer at three years old and she's pretty good, good skills, really good foot skills. And we could see that, but as the years went on, she went into travel, mm -hmm. went into club, which if anyone's into club soccer, that's a huge commitment, yeah. money and time. Okay. We started noticing though, that there were times that she cared and didn't care. Mm -hmm. And you could tell when she cared, she was playing hard, had the foot skills, but there was just something missing. And as time went on, she started saying how she wasn't sure she wanted to play anymore. Mm -hmm. So we brought her back from club just to travel. And I wasn't going to make her quit. I wasn't going to make her keep going. But what I did, I said, give it one more year, see how you feel, and then we'll reassess. And after that year, she goes, Dad, I really don't want to play soccer anymore. I'm not going to force that on her. Even though I knew she had the talent, yeah. I, I wasn't going to force her to do that. Now she's playing basketball. She's training to be a softball pitcher. You have to have the love and desire. Yeah. And if you don't, and whatever sport it is, and even these Olympians, there might get to a point where you fall out of love with it, but you're so invested, you have to mm -hmm. keep going. But I think at a young age, you can't force it on them. You mm -hmm. have to, as she said, let them kind of dictate. Also loved what she said about the coaches. Now, unless mm -hmm. you're LeBron James or Tiger Woods, and you know that you have a son or daughter that's going to go to that next level, yeah. chances are as a parent, you know, you know, you're, 
every parent thinks they know so much. Let the coaches, let the experts kind of dictate the way. I'll, you know, I played baseball. I played football. I played certain sports. I'll give my knowledge, especially right now with softball. But at the end of the day, you know, I didn't, I didn't play professionally. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to let, let the other people kind of guide them. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think that's great. I've taken up tennis a lot later in life, too. I, I talk to Dave about it all the time. It's now my, my COVID hobby that I picked up. But um, the pro that I've been working with, he works with a lot of high schoolers and then kids that go on to the next level. And he was talking about whether it was him or another coach was mentioning that they do an age group 12 to 18 and then 18 and up. And um, he was just telling me, he goes, the, the ones that are just – all the time there between 12 and 18. He said something like he doesn't get many that go from the 12 to 18 age group to the over 18 age group. He sees a lot of burnout mm, happen mm -hmm. after, after that age group. But he said um, when they're with friends, so if you can get them playing with their friends, it seems to last a lot longer and they stay dedicated a lot longer because they're having fun. Sure. And, and it's not a chore. It's not a job. It's not a, it's not, I, I mean, I can't even imagine the kids who do take themselves out of school at a young age or like their high school is spent, you know, in, in a gymnastics arena or, or, you know, on the ice skating rink. Those kids definitely love, love, love what they do, hopefully, and, and that's where they're dedicating their time. But if you're just a parent out there who's thinking, well, my kid's pretty good at soccer, yeah. you know, like, well, <laughs> we're going to sign up for every travel team, you know, it's, it's just good to keep in mind. I do think it's a good idea, though, and Lindsay and I do that with our kids because London does opposite of what Brooklyn does. She mm -hmm. does cheerleading, volleyball, does do softball, which is the same. Uh, you know, she's doing different things. We're, we're letting them kind of choose what they want to do not force it on them mm -hmm. and then you'll see it kind of happen as, as time goes on so I, I think that's important uh, a big thing as well I think that when it comes to sports like, like gymnastics now I wrote this down she said it was seventh grade yeah when Katie yeah I think gymnastics swimming I, you know you would have to be a, a stud to yeah. you know <laughs> to start that pick late. it up that late yeah. I, I think especially gymnastics I mean this mm -hmm. is something that again as I talked about with Madison you're, it's something you do more than a couple times a week. We're yeah. talking five, six days a week of practice. So three quick things mm -hmm, that I yeah. want to throw out there for advice, just from what I think. I was a pitcher in baseball, lefty, and I could have played in college, but not Division One. It was a lower level. And I look back now at what is happening, and this is my advice. If you do see... This goes back to the coaching. If you do see something in your son or daughter that there is potential, and you can see it. Listen, we're not stupid. Right. When you're at these games, <laughs> right. you know if your kids are good. Every parent thinks their kid's the best. Yeah. But you know whether they're elite or not, and you know which other athletes are, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, you're, if what I wish I had was pitching lessons. Now, I went to a summer camp. I had coaches. But nowadays, there are so many – instructors out there for mm -hmm. private lessons i highly recommend private lessons if you feel like you have an athlete that can go over the top yeah that's one thing number two get your kid in golf all right <laughs> that will get you a scholarship right that's true. I, although <laughs> uh, that's what i hear from a lot of parents so now i'm wondering if you know 10 years from now we're all going to be trying to get that golf scholarship yeah or 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 a kicker in the NFL, yes. you can avoid the concussions and, and you can make some money. True. My, <laughs> hey, my dad's had a lot of uh, soccer players that converted to the kicker. Yeah. Um, 
I, it's funny you bring that up. Like I, I'm, I mentioned I'm coaching, I'm stepping in and helping to coach, um, with, with my daughters, my eight year olds, uh, basketball, uh, team and, the other girls, there are some girls in second grade here who are hitting shots. I, I tell them all the time. I played grade school basketball for four years. In eighth grade, I finally made two baskets. I have, <laughs> I have four points under my belt, and these girls are just nailing some, some really good shots. My daughter looks like, I told her she looks like one of the car dealership inflatable guys <laughs> out there, the way she's playing defense. She's just kind of flopping Flop, around. around yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. So <laughs> I'm trying to guide her. I don't know if she's, I don't know if this is her sport, you know, but, but I'm glad she's out there and she's trying it and she's being a part of a team. I think no matter what at, you know, second grade, age eight, I just want her to get that type of experience. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, uh, hey, as you're watching the Olympics, I hope that you think of, you know, what Diane had to say. The perspective of a mother is so great to hear. And Dave, thanks so much for, yeah, for lending your, uh, no, your advice and, and your perspective. Think about what dad. it must feel like to get even a bronze. I mean, you say even a bronze, but imagine um, meddling in the Olympics. When you're watching right. these games, think about those families and what they've endured to get there. Like she said. She dedicated her life to this. Yeah, driving driving those kids around yeah. could pay off. Go. You never yeah. know. This was fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for yeah. thanks for joining us, and thanks to all of you for listening to the Mob Squad Pod, and we'll see you right back here next time. Thanks, guys. Sorry. You guys didn't know you were coming in for this. You guys could have jumped in. <laughs> <laughs> What did she say? She, she thought we were mannequins. When oh. we <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to Mom Squad Pod with Maureen Kyle from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.